We've mentioned before that what I heard from Rav Goldvich Zatzal that these winter partios are covered with layers and layers and layers. The weather outside doesn't make you realize what a winter in Yushalayim can be like without heat in your apartment. Uh, but that's how it was in the Chadarim then. And they had to cover with blankets, layers and layers. And this, these partios are covered with layers. And it's almost, you know, whatever you just put a pin in and you're going to hit something that's like an amazing thing. I'm going to focus on uh, something from this past week's Parsha. Yaakov is preparing for Esav, and he uh, takes everybody across the river. Okay, and he, right, he sends the, uh, the presents and everything. And Vayikachem Vayaviram et Anachal Vayaveret Asher Lo Vayivater Yaakov Levado Vayavek Ish Imo Aralot Ashachar Yaakov is left alone and he has a struggle with the Sar, the angel of Esav. And what, what happens? They can't succeed and all, whatever. So, um, the Rashi says, what was he doing alone on the other side? Says Rashi, Vayivater Yaakov Levado, Shachach Pachim Kitanim, Vechazar Aleh. The Morid in Hulin, he forgot some relatively insignificant vessels, and he went back across the river to get them. And that's when the Malach, that's when the Sarshal Esav got him. So, there are two or three glaring questions. The most obvious one is, hey, come on, it's a dangerous place, Esav is coming, what are you going back over the river to get Pachim Ketanim, relatively insignificant vessels? And why is the angel getting you Dafka then? Then the angel, the angel could have gotten you at any time. He could have fought with you any night. Specifically when you went back for Pachim Ketanim. And another question is that this angel that's fighting Yaakov, obviously we're talking about spiritual conflict. Why wasn't there an angel fighting with Avram? Why wasn't there an angel fighting with Yitzchak? All of a sudden the angel wakes up, gotta fight Yaakov. What's what's the what are the issue what the, what are the issues here what's going on here So we need to start with what is unique about Yaakov that did not exist by Avram and Yitzchak and there are two things First thing we've mentioned before also from the Slonim Rebbe talks about it many many times that Avram was midas ava chesed Mitzvos essay come from Avram. You do positive mitzvos out of a love for Hakadosh Baruch Yitzchak was Yira, Pachad Yitzchak. Yitzchak was Din, and that's the source of mitzvos Lotase. You refrain from doing things that are negative out of Yira. So we've got Avram teaching us all the mitzvos essay, and we have Yitzchak teaching us all the mitzvos Lotase. What is left for Yaakov? So the secret lies in a Gemara in Shabbos. I'm 
You have delight in Shabbos. Onik Shabbos, all the wonderful things, delicious meat, cholent, wheat, uh, cakes, wine, everything great on Shabbos. Onik Shabbos. You get a legacy that's simply unbridled, unlimited. What's the proof text? Az tit aneg al Hashem. This is talking about Shabbos, alluding to Shabbos. And God will feed us. It's going to feed us the legacy of Yaakov. Says the Gemara, not the legacy of Avram. When God promised Avram Eretz Yisrael, it was a limited scope. Go walk the land Arka Urachba. Veloki Yitzchak Shikasubok Kilachal Ulezaracha Etenet Kol Haratzot Ha'el. Very defined territory. Eloki Yaakov Shikasubo Ufaratzta Yama Vekedma Tzafona Vanegba. With Yaakov. There are no borders. East, west, north, south. Unbridled borders. That's called a Nachala Belimitsari. That's Yaakov's Nachla. So why is Yaakov's Nachla expansive, without scope, without boundaries? And Avram's and Yitzhak's are. So Avram is Midas Achesed, Mitzvah's Eset. You can't. You can do mitzvahs essay on Pesach, on Sukkot, maybe in the morning when you daven. Mitzvahs essay a very limited scope. Mitzvahs lotase. You're confronted when there's a problem when you might do something wrong. You're not allowed to do it. So we got essay. We got lotase. What's left for Yaakov? Says the Slan of Marebi, We've mentioned this many times. Divrei harishus. That there are things that you do on a daily basis, and the Ramchal talks about this in Derech Hashem at the highest madrega is that there are things that you can do on a daily level simply to keep, that you need to do out of apparently necessity. And there's a way to infuse those daily activities, which are neutral activities. They're not essay, they're not lotase, they're divri harishus. You can infuse them with kedusha. You can infuse them with spiritual power. That makes your avodas Hashem bli nachala. Bli mitzari. It's unlimited. Because every moment is an opportunity for Avodah Hashem. So that is Nachla Belimitzari. That's what Yaakov gave us. Pachim <clears throat> Ketanim. Little things. Most people would not pay much attention to them. Yaakov views Pachim Ketanim as potential for Avodah Hashem. I think that if any of you would have been in that situation and you forgot a Sefer Torah on the other side of the river, you don't need to be a very great person to go back, cross over to get the Sefer Torah, to get your tefillin. Okay? Pachim Tanim. The reaction is no big deal. To Yaakov... Pachim Ketanim have spiritual potential just like a Sefer Torah. If you know how to use it, you know what to do with it, 
unlimited spiritual potential. That's why he went back. So, the first reason, I believe, that we can have the angel going after him there is this is something that the angel has to fight. And this is antithetical to the sorrow shall ace of the religion, the other religions. The other religions, there's, you know, we have holy objects, and there's a limitation. But Judaism, Yaakov introduces the idea of unlimited spirituality, unlimited spiritual potential. I would almost say it like this. The, the Satan can leave the Yetzirah to take care of your mitzvos. Yeah, your natural Yetzirah, you want to sleep in a little bit, you want to misdavening. There's a restaurant that's, you know, a sketchy kind of a heksher. The Yetzirah can take care of that. Okay? But this idea that you have potential in a daily activity, so ironically... The Yetzir Hara doesn't work on you not to pick up a piece of paper when you see it on the floor to make the yeshiva look nicer or to smile at the bus driver. The Yetzir Hara doesn't work on that. You just don't think about it. It's not on your radar screen. When that's on your radar screen, when Pachim Ketanim on your radar screen, then the only way the, the Sultan can stop that, he can't rely on your Yetzir Hara. He's got to fight. And that's why he steps into Yaakov. When Yaakov is going after the Pachim Ketanim, then we have to oppose that. Because that is something that the Saroshel of the other religions, and unfortunately it's infiltrated into our religion, it's not important. It's not really part of the spiritual world. So the realization that everything that exists in the physical world has spiritual potential. That's something that Yaakov gave us. There's another aspect of why the Tsar didn't run after Avram and didn't run after Yitzchak, but he had to run after Yaakov. Avram was an individual, and he had Midas HaChesed. And Midas HaChesed, in and of itself, first of all, the non-Jewish world likes Chesed. They can handle Chesed. And Chesed, say the Sifrei Kabbalah, also has a negative byproduct. That's why Avram had Yishmael. An overindulgence in chesed can lead to inappropriate relations, inappropriate laxity. So the Satan can let chesed alone, doesn't have to go fight. And Avram is an individual, and this is where we're going to get an important difference between Avram, Yitzchak on the one hand, and Yaakov. Avram was an individual. Yitzchak, an individual. Yitzchak has Midas HaDin, Midas HaGvura. Okay, the other religions have that also. And as an individual, and as such, there was Psolet the Gvura, Esav, murder. Yaakov blends everything together. He is Emes, he is Torah, and he has Shivteka. He has the twelve tribes, which are really the unity of Klal Yisrael, that's not anymore an individual, that's the Koach Hatzibur. So the Satan has to attack Koach Hatzibur. He can leave the Koach Hayachid alone. This is super important, 
for your avodas Hashem. Because the power lies in the tzibur. The power lies when, when you're connected to the tzibur. And in fact, as long as Yaakov had his shifte ka and was connected as part of the tzibur, the satan can't get him. The satan wants to get Yaakov because he has tzibur. But the only time Yaakov becomes vulnerable to the satan is vayivaser Yaakov levado. The satan found a moment where he's disconnected from his tzibur. That's levado. He's standing alone. Whatever that means. <clears throat> the lesson for all of us is that when we want to disconnect from the tzibur and be our own individual without a connection to the tzibur, we're very vulnerable. That's when the satan can get us. That's when all of the things that we do become very, very vulnerable. The highest level is, is created with Sibur. A Jew is insulated from din, from strict justice, when he's part of the Tzibur. The Tzibur is, 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 is whole, the Tzibur is complete. It's when the individual separates out that he becomes vulnerable, and that's why it's Vayivaser Yaakov Levado, specifically, when on the one hand he's at the highest level, he's going after Pachim Ketanim, showing the power that Yaakov is bringing to the world, that every, every physical thing that seems insignificant has spiritual potential, but he's by himself, so he disconnected. So the Sultan wants him because of that, and now he's vulnerable because he's alone. So I want to talk now a little bit about how each of us has to grow. We have to be part of the Tzibur. The minute you do all kinds of things that separate you from the Tzibur, even with the best intentions, you become an individual. You become Vayivaser Levado. And then there's a vulnerability, there's an exposure. So you really need to be part of the Tzibur. And it's a very tricky balance because if you're in a tzibur, you always want to grow. You don't want to be pulled down by the tzibur. But on the other hand, if you go and you do all kinds of things separating you from the tzibur, you lost tzibur. There's another really fascinating thing which forces you to, when you're working on your own personal growth, that you have to realize that it has to go in very small steps and ironically, it can't, make you disconnected from the tzibur. It's a, really a fascinating piece in the line in the Gemara with the Ran. If you wouldn't see it, you would never imagine it. It's almost counterintuitive, but it's very, very important to understand. So the Gemara in Nidarim al-Chav Beis talks about justifications for undoing Nidarim. Harata. Oh, if you would have realized when you made the neder X, Y, Z... Would you have made the neder? And, okay, I mean, one of the examples is that <coughs> a woman, uh, a mother made a neder that her daughter should not have, should, should be, uh, not uh, partake in any of her property. And then afterwards she had, she said, oh, what, what did I do? My daughter's out there, but we got to undo the neder. So she comes 
to the to the Rav, and the Rav says, if you would have known when you made the neder that people are going to interpret the neder because your daughter was promiscuous, would you have made the neder? Chas I had no intention like that. I did. I never would have done it if I would have realized that. Neder gone. So there's another case. Barbarte de Rebianai Saba, the granddaughter of Rebianai, also Lakame de Rebianai Saba, she came to her grandfather to be Matira Neder. Omar Lay, listen to what he says to her. Ilu Hayayadas de Patrin Pinchasech. If you would have known that they're opening your account books, Umimash Machine Beuvdach, and they're going to examine carefully what you do. Me Nadra, would you have made a neder? Amar Lelo Visharya, I never would have done that. So some of the Rishonim want to learn it very um, commercially, okay, is that, you know, that we're going to start examining how your business ethics, the Ram learns completely differently. And this is really amazing. Says the Ram, what does it mean, Patchin Pinchatsech, Umishamshin Uvdach, that we're going to open your books and examine your actions? I think the Ram is focusing because opening books I could understand, but what does it mean that we're going to look at all your actions? person makes a neder. Now why does a person make a neder? A neder is supposed to be a very high level that oh, ah, everybody's allowed to do this. This is why a nazar is called a chote. The God lets you drink wine. I'm going to be on a higher level. I'm going to make a neder not to do certain things. He holds himself to be on a high madrega. And of course, a neder is a dangerous thing. Because if you violate the neder, you promise you're not going to do something, right, for a, for a certain amount of time. You promise if you make a neder, uh, you know, with some way that you're going to always be on time for davening. Well, right, or you're only going to take one piece of chicken and never take seconds. It's very easy to fall into that and not fulfill. And that's very serious. Bal yachel dvaro. So when you make a netter, you're holding yourself, you have confidence in your spiritual level. I can have, I'm going to make sure I never violate. Or it also makes you feel that you are on a higher madrega than everybody else. Because, ah, everybody does this and I'm not going to do this. So if mitoch shu no der nira shu machzik atzmo kechosid, shelo yikashel benidra, so therefore what you're doing is you're inviting oh you think you're on such a high level so okay so now God says hmm let's check this guy out he thinks he's on such a great level let's check him out is that what we want so she right away said oh no 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 if that's what that's what happens when I make a nether Charata, I regret making the netter. What we're learning from here is you have to be very careful not to undertake things that what I'll call are beyond your pay grade. Because if you make yourself into more than you are, or you fantasize you're more than you are, you're inviting HaKadosh Borchu to examine to see, oh, so are you? Are you really that? So, you've got to know that you're always looking to grow and you're in an environment that you have to be part of the tzibur and what you want to always be looking to do is looking for opportunities on a daily level. Again, 
coming to davening on time, that's that should be de rigueur. I mean, that, that's part of the mitzvah's essay. Right? The, 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 the satan doesn't bother you with there because he leaves it to the Yetzirah. So all you got to do is make sure that you don't let the Yetzirah get you there. But the divrei harishus, the daily things that you do, which don't look very important, and they don't make you feel very from. See, when you start doing all the externals, that's the net air. Oh, I'm going to be this level. I'm going to go this. I'm going to go that. It makes you feel from. And it invites investigation. But in the daily things, when you make sure to be quiet when you come into the dorm, when you make sure that you turn off a light, protect yeshiva money, smile at the bus driver, these are little things. When you do that, you're not making yourself feel like you're such a great guy. What you're doing is you're realizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving you opportunities every moment to, to, to raise yourself up spiritually. So the satan doesn't bother you there. And you're not inviting extra examination of what you're doing. Because it's little things and people take it for granted. And our job, as we learn from Yaakov, is not to take it for granted. It's to realize the unbelievable potential. It's a nachla bli mitzarim is that everything that we do, when you eat lunch, you can do it, says the Ramchal, you can do it for the right reason. You can think about it, you can eat slowly, and you can make sure that you're not taking more than you're supposed to. I mean, unbelievable things to hear, that guys go into the kitchen... Uh, when when this and go in and take things from the take things from the refrigerator that's not there like you know that's because it's pachinkani what's a little you know, it's another bottle of soda no big deal no big deal <clears throat> I I I'm I'm gonna read only because there was an alum that I ran into um, at a wedding from thirty years ago and he the, the, you should I should know there's nothing more. That there's nothing more that strokes the ego of a rabbi than somebody telling him, I remember what you said in the shir. <laughs> right. So he tells me that he remembers what, he, what I said his first day in the yeshiva 30 years ago. I'll try to take you guys back to history when there was no cell phones and it was hard to even have a payphone. So the yeshiva, to make the guys easier for the yeshiva, the guys installed a phone. You guys know what a telephone is? As a wire, and it has a, you know, a dial. Okay, so we installed the telephone so guys could make phone calls. And there was a piece, of, and there was a book next to the phone because every phone call in those days cost money. You guys don't even know what that, right? You, have, you know, I, I have a 30, 50 shekel plan on unlimited calls. There was no such thing. Every call cost a half a shekel. Every time you made a phone call, cost a half a shekel. So the yeshiva's paying the bill, and everybody was supposed to write down. The you know you made a phone call you spoke for and it was it was also three minutes or however minute it was by the minute you have to you have to keep track of your calls write it down and at the end of the month go into Michael Cohen and pay for your calls and unfortunately we were picking up after a few months of phone bills versus Michael Cohen's income that no there was a big mismatch there was a big mismatch people were writing were making phone calls and not writing it down. And he tells me, I must confess, I don't remember this, but he did. Uh, he says, I remember the first moves you gave. And you said that somebody who writes, who t- makes a phone call and doesn't write it down, would you be talking to Michael Cohen and see a 20 shekel bill on the desk? And as you're walking out, 
pick up the 20 shekel bill and put it in your pocket? The assumption is nobody in the yeshiva in those days, and hopefully not today, nobody would do that. You know, take 20 shekel off the desk and put it in your pocket? Nobody would do that. Making a phone call and not writing it down is exactly the same thing. That was Pachim Tanya. It stuck with it. He remembered that. I, hold that, I call that Pachim Tanya. But that's what separates the men from the boys. Uh, the coming on time to davening, absolutely making good brachas before. That's that, but that's the, that's what you're here for. But you got to know that if you want to be a Talmud of Yaakov Avinu, okay, and you want to reach the Madrega of Nachala Blimitzarim, it's all the little things. Those little things, as we titled the Shmuz, the little things, they're very big. And that's what's unique about Yaakov. That's where the Satan, you can be, the Satan can, won't pay attention to you. All right? Sarah Shalesav will. But you don't have to worry about that. You have to worry about your Yetzir Hara. And the Yetzir Hara you got to work on. But the Pachim Tanim is something that separates the men from the boys.